Hello and greetings to you. Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. At IWM, we've had some challenging weeks behind us. Some of our team members were sick, but just the other day we were able to have a team meeting on Zoom, of course. Everyone was present. It was joyful to see colleagues recovered and with bright eyes and voices. Now I'm sharing this because it may be that you... Your family and your team are going through some rough times. We all are, and we understand what's happening. We understand what's going on with you. So you might have noticed that we've been holding weekly online meetings for Adventist cross-cultural workers, for Adventist cross-cultural volunteers. So far, we had three great gatherings. Recordings are available online. Check the show notes. Also, While you're there, check for upcoming webinars that we are planning to hold. Now, speaking of the online meetings, we felt it would be very valuable to share with you certain pieces of what happens in those online gatherings here on the podcast. You see, because of the differences in time and other reasons you might have not been able to attend, but we don't want you to miss out on the most important pieces. All right. So today, I'd like to share with you a recording um, of a presentation done by Dr. Anne Hamill. Dr. Anne serves as missionary care psychologist. It's not an interview, but it will worth the next 22 minutes of your time. After Anne's presentations, I have a couple more news to share with you. So stay on with us for that. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. So first of all, I think um, in spite of how fast this virus is growing, how quickly it spreads from person to person, most of us aren't really worried about getting the virus. Most of us actually are um, inconvenienced by the measures that have been put in place to slow the spread of the virus. Would you say that's true? Are any of you worried about getting the virus? When we're self-isolating, we're pretty safe. That's not the thing that we're concerned about. Only those who are on the front lines, who are are, um, providing essential services, have a concern about getting the virus. But when we're self-isolating, we're pretty safe. So that's not the biggest source of stress for any of us. It is the quarantines, the lockdowns, the travel bans, um, those kinds of things. And we, we can't minimize the impact of social isolation. I read an, an article in Lancet. It's um, one of the leading medical journals here in the United States. And it said that it was looking at the psychological impact of quarantine on mental health. It reviewed a number of studies, and many of studies have revealed extended periods of social isolation has a negative impact on us psychologically. And for some of us, we're getting into our third and fourth week of being isolated. And some of us are beginning to feel the impact of that. That's normal. God created us to be social beings. 
I mean, if you recall from the story of Genesis and God created Adam, he said that it wasn't good that man should be alone. And he made Eve for Adam. He intends us to be a community of faith. So social isolation does have a negative impact on us. One thing, though, that I have found is that missionaries are actually better prepared for this than those who have remained in their homelands. And a a primary reason for this is that separation from family and friends is part of the package that you signed up for being a missionary. Each one of you, when you accepted a call to foreign missions, you agreed to leave family and friends behind. You agreed to leave, some of you left aging parents, some of you left adult children and grandchildren, siblings, friends, communities. That's not easy, but you made that choice for the sake of the gospel. And knowing why you made the choice and willingly making that choice makes it easier to bear. And missionaries have found creative ways to stay socially connected. I find that missionaries are far more adept than the people that are here. Alex, you can show the picture of my grandchildren now, uh, the video. Um, As I've shared at Mission Institute, my husband and I have seven children and seven adult children. And five of our uh, children and their families live within a few miles of us, eight of our nine grandchildren. Here are three of them. They are a regular part of our lives when I'm home. I have them spend the night once a week when they're here, and they love it. And it's hard not to see them. I miss them, and they miss me. But I remember several years ago, Cheryl Doss, her daughter and son-in-law were missionaries in uh, Saltame. And Cheryl was telling me that she babysat her grandson, Zachary, over Skype. I said, Cheryl, how do you do that? She said, well, I read him stories while Christy puts the baby to bed. And what a creative way to maintain the relationship with her grandchild and to help her daughter out at the same time. So I've been Skyping with my grandchildren. Now, they only live three miles from me, and it's really hard not to see them. But the other day when I was talking, and you can go to the next one, uh, Alex, My granddaughter, Pearl, she had her seventh birthday in January. She said to me, Grandma, I've got a good idea. And I have a custom of every Easter, I have a a brunch, a family brunch for all of our kids. And my my husband's twin brother lives next door and his children are here too. So we have an extended family brunch, an Easter egg hunt for the grandchildren. They're disappointed that we can't have that this year. But little Pearl said, Grandma, I've got a really good idea. She said, you and Grandpa can hide the Easter eggs, and then you can go in the house, and we'll come over and find the Easter eggs, and you can watch us through the window. Now, she's being creative. She's finding ways that we don't have to miss out on everything. And I think missionaries are are more adept at doing that than most people, you know, Someone asked me uh, if these quarantines and stay-at-home orders are going to negatively impact our children. Well, I don't think they are. Children will adapt to the same degree that their parents have adapted. I read um, something recently saying that this generation of parents has done a better job than any generation before them at providing for their children, creating opportunities for their children to grow, and protecting them from hardships and abuse. But the article went on to say that this generation has failed to teach their children to deal with hardships. 
this is an opportunity to teach our children to be resourceful, to, de to deal with the hardship of the quarantine. And when you think of the challenges that people have had to deal with in the past, the challenges that people are dealing with around the world, this is really a minor challenge. And it is an opportunity to help our children understand what's going on. You can show the next picture. Uh, little Pearl loves to spend time with us. All the grandchildren do. They love to be with the grandparents. But they understand right now that it's not what we can do. See, our son is an emergency room physician. My grandchildren pray for him every day when he goes to work. Yesterday, he admitted eight patients, eight COVID patients to the hospital. Things are heating up. They realize that there are risks out there, and they realize they understand why they can't go next door and play with their friends. They understand why they can't come to grandma's house. And I think the, the point that I want to make for this is that if we understand why this is happening and we buy into it and we support it and we see ourselves as part of the solution, um, that it makes the things that we're dealing with right now much, much easier to deal with. Another quick little story. This is the last one. And as you can see, I love showing pictures of my grandchildren. Um, these two belong to another son. And uh, one is 10 months old. And I love, love having them at our house. And the, the, uh, the one on the blanket, she's two. And the other day as my son was leaving to go to the hospital, she said, Daddy, bye-bye. Don't touch your face. She had heard that. Uh, <laughs> Her mom say that before, and she's picking up. Our kids can learn what needs to be done now to, to be safe. So don't touch your face. <laughs> um, we need to focus on the reason these things have been put in place and to not focus on the inconvenience that is placed in our lives. We also need to look at the positive aspects of the lockdown. Have any of you, if you can just raise your hands because I can't hear you all, I wish we could dialogue, but have any of you experienced any positive benefits to the um, time that we, the lockdowns now? Quite a few people, yep. Yeah, quite a few people. Um, in many ways, it's a huge time out for our world. I listened to Queen Elizabeth's address to the nation on Sunday night. And I didn't realize, you know, Queen Elizabeth makes an address to the nation every Christmas. Um, but other than that, she's only made five other addresses in her 68-year reign. And she made one during this time. And in that, um, she said, many people of all faiths, or none at all, are just discovering that this presents an opportunity to slow down, to pause and reflect in prayer meditation even as christians we don't take the time that we all should take to stop and spend time in god's presence this is an opportunity to do that you know as queen elizabeth was saying even people of no faith are taking the time to pause and reflect i think this we need to take this as an opportunity to really develop the spiritual discipline quiet reflection and meditation and prayer, just being in God's presence. And I've shared this before at Mission Institute. One of my favorite authors is Calvin Miller. He says that when we enter into God's presence, we need to put our clocks and watches aside, not be aware of the time, just spend time in God's presence, reflect on who he is. This time is also a time where we can develop personal health habits, 
many, many people don't do the things that they know they should because they say they don't have time. And if the experts are telling us that our best defense against the virus is our own personal immune systems, we need to do everything we can to be healthy, to, to have a healthy diet. I'm finding that we're eating better. We're eating regularly. We're eating together. I'm grateful. You know, I often when I'm traveling, this is how I'm talking to my husband. Now we're able to be together every day. We're able to eat together. And, and that is a very positive thing. Um, I was talking with a professor from Andrews this week, and she's a single woman, and she's still working. All the classes are being taught online, so she's doing her work. But she said, you know, I've been able to get the rest that I have needed in what feels like years. I'm sleeping more. She said, it's amazing how much time extra time I have now that I don't have to get up in the morning, get dressed, get ready and drive into work. And that's been a huge blessing in her life. She says that I've also been able to get things done at home that I've needed to get done for a long time. So we do have extra time. Most of you are still working from home, I, I would imagine, um, or at least to some degree. Though healthcare providers, I see a dentist here, you're probably not working, hopefully not working. Um, I think most of us have more time because we are at home. We need to be grateful for that, for that time and be able to use it wisely. Some of the other things, unique challenges to missionaries, however, that people here in the States or in home countries are feel, uh, dealing with is as missionaries, you are foreigners. And that makes a difference. It's hard to be a, a foreigner in a time of crisis. I was talking with one missionary um, the end of last week, and he was saying they were having a hard time getting food because they don't have the local connections they need to get it, and they're not supposed to go out. Something that many of you are dealing with, particularly Asians, is the fear that many people are feeling related to foreigners because this disease is brought by international travel, by foreigners. Um, and you'll find that the local people are avoiding those who are from the outside. And that can feel like xenophobia. And there are some negatives. Uh, xenophobia has a negative psychological impact. But we have to be understanding of where they're coming from and how they're feeling. I was talking to Dr. Eustace Pinnacock um, yesterday and last week. And as of last week, they only had 50 cases in Rwanda. Uh, Dr. Pinnacock is the dean of the School of Medicine in Rwanda. And he said half of those cases were all connected to one flight from Dubai. And all of them were connected to international travel. Locals have good reason to be afraid to be around foreigners. And so we're experiencing that. It's hard to feel welcome in a host country when, when people are avoiding you and they are afraid. Another stressor that many of you are facing is do you stay or do you go? Now, you may not be facing that right now because that option may have closed. I uh, wrote an article uh, for the review that was published last week where I shared um, a story from Malawi, um, Danica and um, 
Wilson Thomas. Wilson is the medical director of Malamulu Hospital. And they shared how as they paused to ask themselves, should we stay or should we go? The options closed. I got an email yesterday from Danica and I'd like to share that with you. Hi, Dr. Ann. Thank you for your email. I cannot, I, I asked her um, how they were managing. Thank you for your email. I cannot say that we're managing it well, per se. We're just getting by each day as things change. We're doing our best to exercise, pray, check in with other families here through WhatsApp, and video chat with our friends and family back home. We're being very transparent with other families here on campus as to whether we still feel safe and what our plans are for the future. There's an emergency repatriation flight for American citizens on April 14. And so far, we're all still planning to stay. Of course, things can always change as we hear rumors of escalating violence. Still, we're striving to stay level-headed and to think with logic and not fear. People are fearful of what impact this will, because it's impacted the economy so much. What social impact will it have if things get worse? So that's a concern. Donica mentioned here, thinking with logic rather than fear. You all took the Myers-Briggs at Mission Institute. Do you remember that? Those of you who are extroverts are probably having a bit harder time with the uh, quarantine. It's hard. Um, your spouse may be getting tired of talking to you all the time, and you don't have anybody else to talk to. That, that's hard. But as, as you look at the various personality dimensions, um, Dinoco was talking about thinking versus feeling. We don't want to ignore the heart, but we have to stay level-headed and make good, sound decisions. And what's important is that we not judge each other for the decisions that you do make. That People are concerned about that. The personality dimension of judging versus perceiving, though, interestingly, most missionaries, the majority by far, score high on judging. And those who have uh, are high on judging um, prefer structure and firm decisions. Those who, who are strong at perceiving lean toward more open, they tend to be more open, flexible, and adaptable. Now, missionaries like to make decisions. They like to make plans and see and carry them forward. Many of you are struggling with the fact that your plans have been completely disrupted. I mean, especially considering this, this was a GC year. You had plans. You had plans of when you were going to go and what you were going to do, and all that's changed. Most of us don't know when we can go anywhere. We don't know when the travel bans will be lifted. So that's a stressor for people. Another thing that's stressful for people in general uh, is the fact that this is an infectious disease, and you're worried about how you're going to get it. Um, I, I'm tending, I'm trying to go get groceries only every other week. I'm trying to stay at home as much as possible. But last Sunday morning, I left the house at a quarter to seven. I wanted to be there as the store opened and I wanted to be the first in there before other people had been in there because you don't know who has the virus. That's part of the, the issue. Pe a person can have it for quite a while and not have any symptoms and can spread the disease. But when I got home, I brought the groceries in, and I felt like I was a missionary again. I started washing everything. 
uh, wiping down the things with Clorox wipes and washing the vegetables and everything. And I remember doing that in Rwanda. The water was a source of contagion. Not, not, I just couldn't use the water, at least here. The, I can use water and soap and it works. But there I had to, we had to boil all the water that we drank. Missionaries actually are used to living with infectious diseases. Were you aware that in the Western world and developed countries, seven of the 10 leading causes of death are diseases of lifestyle? You don't catch it from someone else. Is how you live your own life. Heart disease being the biggest one, followed by cancer, followed by accidents. You know, but only one is a contagious or infectious disease, the flu or upper res- respiratory infections. In the most of the countries where you're living, seven of the leading causes of death are infectious or preventable diseases. So missionaries know how to live with that. It doesn't frighten most of us. When, when we lived in Rwanda, we often heard of cholera outbreaks. Uh, tuberculosis was um, common. The AIDS epidemic. We have learned how to manage it where other people haven't. So that aspect of the, the current issue isn't as stressful for most missionaries as it is for people who aren't living used to living with that. Another part of it is Um, While this is unprecedented in any of our lifetimes, it's unprecedented because it's global, not because of its severity. When you think of various things around the world, we have missionaries that were serving in West Africa during the Ebola crisis. They've experienced what we're experiencing, but at a much, much higher level than what any of us are experiencing, but it wasn't global. When you think of the tsunami in 2004 in Asia, that was far more intense. And the missionaries that lived through that were very, very stressed by it because the impact was far greater. But once again, it wasn't global. It was localized, even though it was a very large area. And you think of the floods in Indonesia, the floods in the Philippines in years past, the recent volcano in the Philippines. All of those affected people's lives. It was a crisis. It was stressful. But all of you, when you accepted a call to mission service, you willingly chose to go and serve in places like that. I have a very, very strong admiration for our ADRA workers who go into areas to help bring relief to people during times of crisis. I have a strong admiration now for our healthcare workers. They are on the front lines. And that's really, really, really challenging. Before we conclude, a few things I wanted to share with you about that I'm really excited with. So we are on the verge of releasing to the world, which means to you, because you Adventist missionaries are our world, our community. So we are almost ready to share with you the new online learning center. As you know, at IWM, our highest aim and prayer is to help you fulfill your role in God's mission. The Lord Jesus, He partners with you. He has a role for you. You are uniquely prepared by Him to fulfill that unique role. And our mission 
is to help you find that spirit-inspired effectiveness and fulfillment in God's missional designs before we see him come the second time. Part of this process is acquiring very practical skills and competencies. Think of this as your resources, your currency, your ability to do something better. The Online Learning Center is designed solely to be a place of personal development and education of Adventist missionaries. It's all about you learning and growing in God's mission, friends. Practically, this is a collaborative project. You'll be exposed to the best online courses and video training material from Institute of World Mission, as well as our partners in Adventist Mission and beyond. It'll be a one-stop for your missional learning, all right? So, yes, this will mean we will be moving all courses on the IWM website to the new online learning center. But your progress will remain. If you started a course with us already, you will be able to continue there. It will be a seamless transition for you, and you won't have to have a new account. Your IWM account will work. Let me repeat that one more time. Your membership account on the IWM website will work. So, when is it up? Well, hopefully very soon. All current courses are still available from the IWM website, but we're not releasing new ones for the time being. We're kind of keeping them for the new online learning center. And once it's up, you will see several new offerings from us. We are about to move to a new level together, friends. We'll keep you posted. And that'll be quite a thing that is happening in our ministry. And we hope this will be a great addition to yours as well. All right, we are looking forward to your comments, and I'm back to this podcast episode and maybe other podcast episodes that you've listened to. It's very easy to comment. I'd like to leave a comment link in the show notes, all right? It will take you to our website. There, just scroll down to the bottom and leave a comment for us about this episode. Your comments are always appreciated. Ask anything, provide suggestions, engage in a conversation with us um, and with other listeners, which is even better or just as great, right? Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so yet. It works best when your podcast app does the delivery, the downloading job for you, and then you have it available right when you need it or right when you are ready to listen to the latest episode. And finally, if you know someone who needs to hear today's episode, send them a link. It is also a ministry. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.